Welcome back to Take the Points. And friends, we have football. We have real football with a real point spread, a real total. Marcus Moser, we've got action. What? Give me the emotional state of one Marcus Moser. Not only do we have action, but we have action directly tied to your football interest. You're not wearing your, your Cowboys uh, polo today. No, but I made sure I got the I got the wall decorated with Cowboys stuff. So don't you worry. Uh, it's it's exciting, right? We get Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth calling a preseason game. We get fights at practice. It, it's a lot of fun, Adam. We've we've made it. We finally got here. Before coming on to record, like in the 15 minutes of us getting set, we've had a, a brawl that uh, you got the old like you know high school kids running laps mm-hmm. and push-ups. We've got a major injury. We've got a series of major injuries that we're going yes. to talk about. Uh, and we've got another uh, division to preview. It's, you know, we were talking about this a little bit, Marcus, like the news in the off season, it starts to trickle in. It is a flood right now. So of things, and we'll talk about this. We're going to break down the NFC South uh, as well today. What has been the most notable thing so far when it comes to camps getting started, every team in action? Yeah. First and foremost, I cannot fresh my uh, refresh my Twitter feed fast enough for all yeah. the injuries and all the updates coming in. So that's number one, but it's the situation in Indianapolis, and I think we're going to get to it in just a second. We are going to talk about that. This is a big old fill-in-the-blank section for those mm. of us that are uh, regular listeners here, and we'll get to that. But first, a reminder, guys, you can listen to Take the Points, uh, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast. Subscribe, share. We've got point spreads starting this week uh, that we're going to pick as we continue our divisional breakdown. And from this point forward, we've got football Pretty much every week until what February, Marcus? I mean, this mid February. Yeah, it's exciting. It is. So we've got to have picks there, along with the lead up of getting you ready for the season. And also a reminder: a special offer from BetMGM. New customers in legalized betting states receive a free bet up to six hundred dollars with the code the game day. Again, the code is the game day, all one word at BetMGM for our listeners in legalized betting states. So let's get to it. We got a ramped up. A souped-up version of fill-in-the-blank with so much going on, and we'll start with the Colts. Yuck! If you're a Colts fan, listen to this. Do something other than water. Something uh, a little stronger, much harder. Yeah, yeah. To take the edge (laughs) off. So uh, I'll ask you this, and this question has evolved again in the last 15 minutes. So the Colts are blank without Carson Wentz. Screwed. Are we allowed to say that? I mean, they're just they're in a lot of trouble because. Not only have they lost Carson Wentz for what it sounds like at least multiple games, they've lost all pro guard Quentin Nelson to, you know, for probably the first month, if not more, do this same foot injury. So you're talking about a team that already had problems at left tackle with Eric Fisher, who's coming off an Achilles injury. Now their best player in their team is out probably for the first month and their quarterback. And then I don't know, Adam, have you seen their schedule? Like they start with uh, Seattle, the Rams, Miami, uh, Baltimore, like their schedule is incredibly difficult. It, it this tight or this, excuse me, this Colts team might be finished before they even got started. Okay. I'm, I would probably use a different word. We can't say, uh, but I think, <laughs> I think screwed. And, and here's why. So you mentioned the Nelson injury. You mentioned once this, you know, Jonathan Taylor looks like a star. If he can mm-hmm. hang on to the football, this puts so much defenses can adapt so much better now to stopping yes. him. The offensive line is, is depleted. Your quarterback isn't um, as capable and certainly not as mobile, we don't think. Can I quickly just sidecar this thing? Eason is at least an interesting talent physically. Right. Like he may have 
one of the top three or four strongest arms in the NFL. Like that's not a hyperbole. The guy can sling it. Does he interest you at all? Like you think there's a chance here that maybe that's like a diamond and rough as a college guy, Marcus, it was like, I'm intrigued here because I've been hearing this for like five years that he is the guy. Well, it's certainly more exciting than like Brian Hoyer or one of those type of backups, right? Like at least Colts That's fans can bar. hang their head on. Yeah, like they can get to watch Jacob Eason for the first month of the season. But let's see, if you remember back to his days at Washington, Eason is really good when he's got a pocket in front yes. of him. He can set his feet and throw. Um, but now that Quentin Nelson's out and you're going against Correct. three, four really good defenses the open the year, I'm not quite as excited about the prospects of Eason playing well in the first month of the season. Still excited to throw though, man. It, like that's a dude that Top makes five. Arm oh yeah. In fo- oh, in football right now. Uh, he, he, watch the 15 yard out. That's my definitive yeah, arm yeah. strength throw. It's a thing of beauty. Long term though, I'm, yeah. I'm with you. It's this not a good start for the Colts. No. That that that's goes that's without rough. saying. Uh, another injury, hopefully not as severe. Devonta Smith's knee injury is blank for the Eagles. Just a slight step back because I do think he's going to be ready for multiple preseason games. He'll be ready for week one. It stinks a little bit that him and Jalen Hurts don't get to con- you know build this connection in camp. Yes. But it's nothing to be concerned about. I'm with you as long as this doesn't linger, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, is a, this is a setback, but hopefully not a huge one. It's a bummer when you think about the guy was a machine, gets injured in the national championship game, comes back in, hand all repaired, and now this. So I, I hope that this is not a sign of things to come for, for the Eagles. They just need him upright. I right. would put him in bubble wrap. That dude can run routes for days, yes. right? This is not yep. a, you know, his size is going to always be the thing I think that kind of makes or breaks him in the NFL and not to get caught up with the narrative, need him healthy. He'll run routes for you preseason or whatnot. I wouldn't be too concerned if I'm them as long as it is not as severe as it sounds. Yeah. The thing with the Eagles, they're not really competing for a playoff spot or anything this year. So there's no reason to rush Devontae Smith. If he needs a couple weeks in the season, that's fine. It's not that big of a deal. I'm just not concerned about it at all. All right. Uh, Contract alert, right? Mm. Uh, Nick Chubb getting a deal. Love watching him go. So I ask you, Nick Chubb is the blank best running back in the NFL. I would say third. I think Derrick Henry and Christian McCaffrey are one and two, and you can talk me into either one of those guys being at number one. I think Chubb is a clear-cut third guy there. I, just an absolutely special runner. Did you see the stat, Adam, from, from Nick Chubb last year in the fourth quarter? Averaged over 10 yards per carry. The next closest guy was at like five and a half. I mean, he is a superstar. I, I am glad that the, the Browns paid him because when he is healthy and he's right, that's a really, really fun backfield. I agree with your rankings, by the way. And I think it's really close. I think you could do one, a B and C because they are very different. Um, I don't know if I enjoy watching a running back more in the NFL than him and Alvin Kamara. Like I, I, there's mm. just something mm. about those guys and they've also been regulars on my fantasy team. So this is a little bit biased, like going back to college though, with the ACL yes, to, to find his way. He's had some injuries here for running back to cash in. And this is a cash in moment for, a back like that's wonderful so it's been a journey for him uh if he's healthy man th- that offense is gonna fly they need i to think there were some another guy yeah yeah i was gonna say i think there's some people that were worried after that brutal knee injury in college that he would maybe never play again so the fact Agreed. that he came back played well in georgia and then played well enough in the nfl to warrant a second contract awesome. for a running back which is basically unheard of very impressive it is speaking of running backs uh, and injuries Saquon Barkley will play blank games in 2021. Mm. 
I'll say like 14 or 15 I, the running backs just have a hard time making it through the season, regardless of who you are. But I am concerned that like, we're not going to see 2018 version of Saquon Barkley again. Like, I don't know if you saw the picture like of his quads. It's, it's, it's like, insane. Well, it is insane, but one leg is significantly bigger than the yes. other. Like it's pretty clear. He hasn't been able to do a lot of weightlifting with that other leg. And that does have me a little bit concerned. It, me too. I, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 13 games. His style is so chaotic and violent, and it, it puts such a strain on those ligaments in terms of the wiggle and the way he plays. I mean, he mm-hmm. is a joy when healthy. I hope he's healthy. They need to handle him with care. I still think when he's right, he can do things that no other back in the NFL can do. Um, the other thing that's difficult about this, Marcus, is it's hard to figure out exactly where he is in rehab. Have. I feel like it's been, and understandably so, it's the NFL, but it's been pretty tight, like tightly sealed, and there's a bit of misinformation exactly how they're going to roll him out when they get to actual games. It does feel like they're going to limit his touches early in the season just to see what kind of workload he can handle. But by week three, week four, I think we'll see him back to 20-plus touches a game. But I, I do think week one is still in question, right? He, I, I he's agree. He's not participating in, in practice very much. Okay, so let's follow up that question with the question on the minds of many now. Uh, Saquon should be picked in the blank round of your fantasy football draft. I would say second round. You're seeing him fall to, like, pick 10, 11, 12 in you know, traditional first-round drafts. So I think top of the second is where I would feel comfortable taking that risk. I, I'm with you. I'd say top of the second, if you're in that position, he's going to be looking like a, a juicy steak out there, right? When you're, you, all the backs are gone and you know the potential is so high. Mm-hmm. Ugh, it's still a gut check. Well, how would you How would you treat it? Is that a guy? Well, uh, well and you've done a million drafts already, I know. <laughs> so how have you treated it, I guess? Well, I, I guess I'm just thinking about it like this. Now with the recent news of Quentin Nelson and Carson Wentz, like Adam, would you rather have Saquon Barkley or Jonathan Taylor? Jonathan Taylor, still. Even, even without all those offensive problems, um, I, I think I agree with you. But that schedule is brutal to open the year. Yeah, I just think the health, it shows kind of – it's a great question. I still think Jonathan Taylor, I'll take him because the touches yeah. are going to be there. And I just – I want Saquon to be healthy. I just think it's asking a lot. Like, you're right, that picture – like, I was getting Rafael Nadal tennis, <laughs> tennis elbow vibes, and I, it's, that's not a good thing. Hope that dude is healthy. If he is healthy and you take a risk on him, I mean, he, he you can get the number one player. Top three. Yeah, he, exactly. He could yeah. make up ground, even though he starts up slow. Um, Marcus, every time I'm opening tweet deck, you're talking about everything Twitter right now, the information flowing, it seems to be glowing reviews of Trey Lance mm-hmm. more so than my Zach Wilson, more so than Trevor Lawrence, who sounds like it's been a go of it. Mm-hmm. And yet, how the San Francisco plants use him is interesting. So I ask you, Trey Lance not getting first team reps is blank. Not surprising, right? Like this is what coaches do. If you have an entrenched starter or somebody who has at least been competent before, you give all those guys the first team reps and you do it to make your veterans happy or whatever reason you do it. It's just not surprising. We've seen this happen over and over again. It's fine. It's fine. Jimmy G has reportedly looked good. Everybody looks good except for my, my players. Um, best shapes of their lives. Everybody looks best shapes of life. Right? The strength program has come together. Yes. So no, this is a long haul. I mean, you got to people got to remember too. Like Trey Lance really didn't play football last year. So as One good game. as yep. as good as he looks and drills and things, 
there's a lot to learn. The, the talent is undeniable. The hunger, when you look at the other quarterbacks too, Marcus, I think it's funny. Like Trevor Lawrence is going to start. Zach Wilson is going to start. Fields is kind of up in the air. This is a situation that the team is really good. The player is really exciting and kind of raw. And there's kind of this Jimmy G hangover effect. Mm -hmm. So I think you have this ultimate circumstance that just gets people anxious to see more. And it sounds like he's been really, really good. So I get the anxiousness, but I get why San Francisco is just saying like, no, like we'll slow things down and do it our way. I also think the 49ers schedule is really soft to open the year. And I don't think they want to put a rookie out there who could potentially lose games. They shouldn't lose. Right. So I would not be surprised if we see Lance after their bye week when the schedule get, does get tougher, which sounds a little weird, but I just think they want to get off to a hot start. And I do think Garoppolo can help them do that. Trey Lance in terms of seasoning needs time. Like, yes, if you look of at all the quarterbacks career, drafted, he needs the most. It, time. It's yes. not just that he barely didn't essentially play last year. It's the pre, I mean, he's got like one college season. So I think it's okay to pump the brakes. Yes. San Francisco is in a situation where they don't have to be desperate like the Jets or the Jaguars. Mm -hmm. Good for them. Uh, I think that's going to be good for him long term. I, I do think he's the only quarterback <clears throat> that should sit week one. I think every all the other ones that we I, I tend to agree. Run should all start. I tend to agree. Um, one guy who will not be sitting, Tom Brady. And today, as we record this, is Tom Brady's birthday. He is 44 years old. Fun mm. fact, Zach Wilson's birthday. Also today, he is 22 years old. We got some work to do on the Jets, I guess, to catch him, right? He's uh, yep. half of his age, and that just blows my mind. So I ask you, I would get Tom, Birdie, uh, Tom Brady blank for his birthday. A carb? Like one big slice of pizza? I mean, something, right? But what else, what else can you get Tom Brady? I, I would want to give him something that he can enjoy uh, that would be different. Uh, a, bit, a nice thin slice of like New York pizza, perfect. Well – I, I, I'm thinking about this a lot. The guy doesn't can buy anything he wants. Yeah, do, doing okay. So going back to the Super Bowl celebration, the man had a good time. I think a cartoonishly large bottle of Fireball. The man, oh, there you go. The man seemed to enjoy himself. So wait, wait. We did, this is an important question. What kind of alcohol do you think Tom Brady drinks? Uh, White Claws. Um, I'm just gonna say it explicitly. White Claws. But but I also could see like Fireball, like like. It's probably a once every three year thing for him. And you bring out the fireball and you get him in the right mindset. Like I could see him being like, yes, I'm in. Let's go. I, I feel like he's like a Michelob ultra type of guy, right? Oh yeah. No, I, I think yeah. you mentioned carbs. I think he's very carb sensitive with his alcohol choices. I don't think he's <laughs> pouring himself into the, you know, glucose uh, heavy, uh, the IPAs <laughs> that in my selection, the fireball, you know, calorie conscious to a degree less liquid, efficient. Yeah. I'd, I'd what like about to, cocktail? What about a cocktail? I, I, you probably have vodka soda with like three limes in it. Vodka water, maybe. Yeah, vodka Go, water. Goes back to my <laughs> bodybuilding days with a splash of cranberry. Yes. There you go. Uh, but no, I would love to get him that and enjoy a good time. Again, his social media conquering over the last two years is one of the greatest achievements in NFL history. It is I agree. It's still mind-blowing. And then uh, <laughs> last one, we got football. Mm -hmm. If not David versus Goliath, Bucks versus Cowboys is blank versus blank. I don't have a good one for this one. You need to fill me because I feel like this is they're six and a half point underdogs. The Cowboys are. It's listen, Jerry Jones, just relax, calm down. It's not that big of a deal. You tell me, Adam. It's it's Goliath versus Steve, who is David's <laughs> slightly more accomplished cousin. <laughs> 
right? Who's, who's like six foot tall, who, right? Who still is probably going to get worked <laughs> in a, in the proper environment, but ha- has a better chance, right? It's <laughs> it's perfect for an opener. Also, yeah, yeah. Goliath versus Steve. You've got some injuries, and again, I am really looking forward to your breakdown on, on this. But it is exactly what I want in a preseason opener. So I, yes, I I do think though Tampa Bay being Goliath is a fair comparison. I, I just yeah. think. At this point in time, um, and and I, I just think it fits them. Yeah. Even though I don't necessarily think Goliath, you know, Goliath is going to be conquerable in this instance, uh, and we'll we'll talk about them directly. I really struggled uh, as a transition to the NFC South, Marcus, with some of the over unders with Tampa mm-hmm. Bay. Mm-hmm. I, I think so much hinges on Tom Brady. They've got a lot of veterans. It's it's a team that can be vulnerable and yet still is so immensely talented. And look, let's let's get right into it. The NFC South. Let's start with Tampa Bay. Um, I think the biggest storyline for me, Marcus, is running it back. They are trying to run it back. In the NFL, they, they brought back their veterans. Having Tom Brady is huge. They kept the core intact. This doesn't always work, okay? No, it doesn't no. always work, and yet there's reason to believe, I think, that it, it might here. So for me, it's how much does Tampa Bay coast in the regular season? Because this division's not great, because they won the Super Bowl last year, is the five seed, right? Like, do they just not value the regular season at all? Like, are they going to rest guys that are even a little bit banged up? Because they know, hey, if we get to, let's say, 11 and six, we're going to be in the playoffs. And if we're healthy going into January, it doesn't matter where we play, who we play. That's why I think the over is such a dangerous bet with this Tampa Tampa Bay team, because we know they're talented. It just feels a little bit like to use like an NBA example, the Lakers in the Western conference, like they don't care about the regular season. They're not going to go out all out in September and October, like other teams. That's my concern. They had some dreadful performances last year and I know it's a long season and you're going to have some dreadful performances, but they just seem to catch fire at the end of the year perfect timing everybody got right everybody got healthy Brady was electric everything came together I'm not saying that that won't be the case again but I think there's reason to like Tom Brady is 44 years old and I have I have done this game yeah yeah 10 years at some point he's going to take a hit that a 44 year old man should not take and I wonder the ramifications of it. I don't want that to happen. I just don't think he's going to take those hits in the regular season. Like I, he is going to every third down where there's pressure in his face, he's just going to fall down because again, he knows what the ultimate goal is. We saw it last year, right? There was a lot of times where he yes. was taking unnecessary sacks, throwing the ball away just because it doesn't matter if you win in September. It, it, that's not the goal for this team. All right, let, let's go to the Saints. It has to be quarterback. Yes. yes. Plain and simple. I mean, Michael Thomas being injured. I think it's a really big storyline and Mm. just the general uneasiness with him specifically, the turbulence the last couple of years has not been great injuries. You've had like kind of turmoil with practice as well, but it, it, this question about this team, because I think I'm all over the place on this team, Mark, it's just Mm. purely simple is what are they going to do at QB? The more I think about it, the more I think Taysom Hill is actually going to be the starter there, right? Like if, (laughs) <laughs> Jameis Winston is fine when you give him a lot of weapons. You give him a Mike Evans and a Chris Godwin and an OJ Howard, but 
how is he going to be with Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, and Adam Troutman as, as his receivers? He threw 30 interceptions with Evans and Godwin. Like, I just don't think he's the type of quarterback that's going to, to thrive with the Saints. And I kind of think Taysom Hill is who Sean Payton wants to start. So I think it's going to be Taysom Hill with maybe Jameis mixed in. But I, I don't disagree with that. It's, it feels but, gross, doesn't but it? But yes, but don't you know your ceiling with Hill – and don't you – you've kept Winston around for a while. Don't you at least have to trot him out there at some point, give him a shot to figure out what you have? Like, it's like quarterback purgatory, I feel like. And to me, the ceiling is higher with Winston. I don't know if you agree or disagree. I, I would agree, it would be. yes. The floor so, also feels lower, though, as well. Uh, yes, I think that's fair, with turnovers specifically. So I mm-hmm. that is going to be a back and forth. It feels kind of like a college team, Marcus, that has mm-hmm. – like two acceptable QBs. Like it feels like Cardell Jones, JT Barrett year, throwback Ohio State, yeah, yeah. where they're going to be tr- probably both featured prominently. It wouldn't shock me to see Sean Payton do that because he's Sean Payton. Um, this team is the most exciting and fun to bet. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, but I, I've got some good bets for them lined up. All right, let's talk about Falcons. Um, this, I think my biggest storyline, I just don't know what the heck this team is trying to be. I have no idea. And yet Kyle Pitts is one of the most intriguing young players, non-quarterbacks I have ever seen. And if he is on the field, spoiler alert, I've got some prop bets coming up with him. I, I'm willing to, to give it a go. But I still don't know what the heck this direction is, Marcus. But I, I'm just being completely honest here too. It feels like a team that's trying to rebuild with a really old quarterback. And it doesn't make a lot of sense. Like they were in position to draft a Justin Fields if he was there. Instead, they took Kyle Pitts, which I'm not complaining. I think Kyle Pitts is the best tight end prospect I've ever seen. But is the goal to go like eight and nine? Because if that's the, if it is, I, I just don't see it. it. It's a very odd team. It's an odd team and it's an odd time. You're yeah. in this division, Tampa's going to be good. The Saints are going to be good. If I'm Atlanta, this would be the year I start over and say I'm going to be good in two or three years because you could theorize. Why not draft a quarterback at four? Agreed. And and I, Matt Ryan was another one, by the way. I really struggled struggled with prop bets Mm -hmm. on this is a division. This was the hardest division for me to do my player props, which we'll have coming up in one of your um, your your best players in the uh, the division Mm -hmm. shortly as well. So this is I'm interested to see, and yet. I don't think it could be completely bad. Think about how awful. I mean, they blew some awful games. Oh, to my Cowboys. Games. They were up like 25 points in the fourth quarter. And and so is there a way for them to be better and defensively to recover and Matt Ryan to be, you know, 33 touchdowns and 10 interceptions? Like, maybe. yeah, maybe. I, and, and again, I'm, if anything, watch this team for the tight end pits because I think it's going to be yes. electric. Yes. Last one. Panthers, um, it has to be Sam Darnold, right? It mm-hmm. has to be. This is a huge year for him. On Twitter, the last few days, I have seen a couple of just horrific interceptions that feel like all too normal as a Jets fan <laughs> that I've seen. So, to me, the question is because this is a roster with some talent, is mm-hmm. what do you actually get from Darnold? I agree. And I think it's an offense that I'm really excited to see because they're getting Christian McCaffrey back. And we'll talk about where he finished in my rankings in just a second. But I think DJ Moore is a superstar that we don't talk about enough back to back 1200 yard seasons. 
Uh, they drafted Terrace Marshall in the second round. Uh, they, they've got a lot of weapons. Robbie Anderson had a big year last year, reuniting him with Sam Darnold. I, I think this is a team that could have a really, really exciting offense. And we saw last year, they spent every single draft pick on defense. Do they start to, to reap some of the rewards from that? We shall see. A lot of pressure on Sam. A lot of pressure on Sam. They picked up the option. Um, He could do it. He's capable. I want him to succeed. I do too. But if it's not now, then never, because this is an offense that's seemingly ready to go. All right. Another team that passed on Justin Fields, just to to put that out there. Well, and you think about all the pre-draft talk, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. They, They chose this path. And I think that's interesting and pretty defining, to be quite honest. It's a belief in Darnold and he's in, not only does he have great talent, great coaches, Brady, they could unlock a ton of potential. If it's in there, the Jets did the opposite. This is like as good of a situation as he could possibly ask for. And he's getting paid well to do it. So if he has a couple of good years, he could get a huge contract still. It's still, Mm -hmm. I mean, he's what, like 23 years old, 24 years old. So young. Yeah. Yeah, It's crazy. All right. So top five players, this is, I I love this because division by division, the the dynamic is so different. Mm -hmm. This is one with some star power, right? Yes. So, so start us off, count them down top five players. Then I'll call us. I'll, uh, you know, throw rotten vegetables at you or question your whole thought process, et cetera. Yeah. So we'll start at number one with Tom Brady. You had to put him at number one. My question for you is Adam, you have a big game come up coming up NFC championship game, Super Bowl. How many quarterbacks right now, even at the age of 44, Are you taking over Tom Brady just for one game? Quite a, oh. I'm, I, it's I'd a, say I won it's for me. It's Mahomes, and that's it. I mean, I would still take Aaron Rodgers with this okay. roster. I, I, I would. Yeah, that's fair. It's a fair, you point. know, I, and I may take like Josh Allen, which I can't believe I'm saying, but the dude is amazing. Um, it's, I, I have no problems with him being number one but it's such a different ranking than any division yes. you've done because he's just kind of the, the goat and he's going to sit there. And you have not. to put him at one, right? It would be, it would be asinine to put him anywhere else. But I, I agree with you. Like if you're judging just based on how they played last year, you might put some other players ahead of them, but because it's Brady, because it's the position you have to put him at. Number and one. I don't think you'll get a lot of pushback. Well, I don't know. The internet hates everything. So I don't think you'll get a <laughs> lot of pushback. Like, People just, he has his own ranking and his own spot in the sport. Yes. And yes, that's just the way it is. So I have no problem with that. All right. So at number two and number three, I'm going to group these guys together because they were close. Number two is Christian McCaffrey. And number three is Alvin Kamara. I don't think there's a big difference between these two. And it just depends on the game that you catch them on, right? Like Alvin Kamara is probably the more effective and efficient player, but Christian McCaffrey, some of the numbers that he's put up since 2018 are insane. So uh, I'm going to ask you the same question. Do you have one game? Which of these running backs are you taking? Christian McCaffrey. Okay. I, think he, I think he is one of the great, went healthy is one of the greatest that we've ever seen. And I think honestly, last year, abbreviated year with the ankle, that's kind of a, a debilitating injury too, even when he came, came back. If he had a normal year, uh, things look, things look pretty, pretty different. Mm-hmm. What I, I am going to put give feedback on, this is different than any other division you've done because we've taken like running backs are trying to like find their way into your rankings. Well, these guys are just so much that's, better than that's everybody it. Else, right? right. Like they, they are like, if you're the saints, like, especially this year, Alvin Kamara is the reason you probably are potentially a playoff team well, right now. He scored 21 touchdowns last year and 270 touches. Like that's, that's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. 
So, so they're just, they are exceptions to a pretty glaring set mm-hmm. of rules in the NFL. I, and and yeah. I, I don't disagree with either of those. Well, the, and mostly be, and most because they can do so much out of the backfield, right? Like you could put Christian McCaffrey in the slot right now and he'd be a top five, six slot receiver in the NFL and same for Kamara. Like it's, it's hard to even call those guys just running backs because of all the different things they can do. I, I don't disagree with this so far. Your list, I have nothing to throw at you yet. It's, it's, there's still <laughs> some, some work to do though. All right. So at number four, I've got Levante David. I think he's probably the best linebacker in the NFL right now, even though his teammate Devin White gets more praise for some reason. Oh, no. Number five. Okay. Hold oh, on. Yeah. Full Whoa, stop. Okay. Yes. Yes. I think Devin White is, I don't think it's for some reason. I think that dude is electric. Like he is. Like I the think splash he plays is, are incredible. Yes. Yes. I, I would. I think David has been, and David's another one that like for hierarchy of longevity, like the resume is there. I think Devin White is one of the most exciting young defenders oh, in the disagree. NFL. So I'm. I just I'm say ready. snap in and snap out. David's a more consistent Did, player. And I thought he was better in the Super Bowl. Again, White got a lot of praise because uh, he was very good. I thought David was the reason why they won that game. I, I agree that White's plays are like optics friendly that it is so fast and it is so violent. And he is just, I mean, he's incredible. Like from riding the horse, like the, the, the public just takes to him. Well, Um, yes. Where was he on your list? Can I ask that? He was, he, I believe he was at nine or 10 Uh, again, a fantastic player. Okay. Uh, Just not good enough for the top five. And then I wanted to finish it out with cam Jordan, 184 quarterback hits since being drafted. That's just absolutely insane. But that's not what I wanted to talk to you about, Adam. It's oh the receivers in this in this division. They are all fantastic. Um, did I make a mistake by not putting one of Michael Thomas, Mike Evans, Chris Goblin, DJ Moore, Calvin Ridley inside the top five? Um, They're all I, so good. I really struggle to – how would you rank – How? No, no, I think your top five is solid. I think the running backs have a greater impact than those guys. I think – the hierarchy of that is really challenging. Michael Thomas before last season would have been in the easily top five. Been in top, Maybe I think you probably would have two been two or three. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But now it's reason to question that. I have a really hard time. Like Calvin Ridley without Julio could He's be the could numbers. could be yes. number two or three. Yes. Um, my, I, I, it, Michael Thomas, if he comes back healthy, is that. So no, I think your top five is solid. I think that's just a big old log jam there. And all very similar rankings with me. That's not a very hot takey answer. It's like I'm punting on, on the question. Basically. I, I, I will say this going forward. I would not be surprised at this time next year. If DJ Moore is not the number one receiver in this division. It, back-to-back uh, 1200 yard seasons before the age of 24 is absolutely incredible. Sam Darnold, I think is going to be great for him considering some of the quarterbacks yeah. that he's played with. Uh, I think DJ Moore will be the best receiver in this division by next year. Why are we not as a, a group talking about him more? Like, I, I I feel like compared to some of the other guys you mentioned, even like a Chris Godwin, mm-hmm. like DJ Moore is somewhat of an afterthought. Like, I, I think to it, the general I, public, I, not to I you think it's or because, me. Yeah, I think it's because Carolina doesn't play in a lot of primetime games. They play in a lot of 1 p.m. Eastern spots. It's not like Carolina has been a playoff team since DJ Moore has been there. And we know that kind of stuff matters when it comes to rankings. I, 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 he was, he's been amazing. I mean, he Mm -hmm. has, 
Um, and I have one of his teammates in my player props um, mm. coming up. So there's, there's a tease. I don't disagree with it. I think the receivers are a big mess to sort through. And I, I, I think we need an extra season, honestly, to do it, considering Calvin Ridley is now the guy. You have Sam Darnold. The Tampa Bay guys don't change, although I believe Chris Godwin could have a monster year. I'm, I'm, he had some drops last year and some weird things. I'm just mm-hmm. an immense believer in his talent. I, I think the best is still yet to come for him. So, and the, and the one guy that I didn't mention might be in the Hall of Fame, and that's Antonio Brown, who played yeah. really well with Brady last year when they finally got on page. So it's just, it's just a stacked division for wide receiver talent. All right, well, let's stay there with my player props. So again, okay. Marcus, your top five players over on the game day. You've got videos every week. <clears throat> Same for player props. Where we're doing a player prop uh, per team for every division, which has been a lot of fun. I'm going to say it right now. The hardest division to do by far for me. Hmm. Nothing, well, some of this screamed at me, but nothing screamed as as vividly as it has been. So I'm going to start with Robbie Anderson. Um, I still think that you, your thoughts about more and Robbie Anderson could have a huge season as well. Mm-hmm. I have the regular season receiving yards over 955 I love it. yards and a half. I I, I was really upset when the Jets let him go. I still think Sam Darnold is going to make mistakes, but I think they're going to put up huge offensive numbers. I think a, a guy like him, I think the Darnold, Anderson, whatever, I get it. I just think this dude is immensely underrated and having more on the other side. I mean, these guys could go nuts together. This is the only receiver that Darnold really ever gelled with in New York, right? Like this yep. is this is his guy. We saw Robbie Anderson have a really good first season with the Panthers last year. I think he went over a thousand yards. He was close to eleven hundred yards. As long as he stays healthy for 13, 14 games, yeah, I think he's gonna do it. Yeah, I, I, again, I don't know what Darnold's gonna do. His interception totals, I think it was 13 and a half, 14 and a half, which was a tough number. All of these numbers feel about right. I'll switch now. Go to Kyle Pitts, regular season receiving touchdowns over seven. His yardage number, I think, was at 800. I'm not going to touch that. Yeah. Um, but I think in the red zone, like, I, I don't have the statistics in front of me, Marcus. You may, you may know it. So many of his catches last year were a first down so or a touchdown. And despite him being a rookie, they're going to put him in the red zone. You lose Julio. Calvin Ridley is a big play guy. He could, he could do fine in the red zone. This is the target. You should yes. be throwing jump yes. balls to him every single time you're down there. I think he's going to have double-digit touchdowns. I feel pretty confident in that. Yeah, first and foremost, good job staying away on the yardage total because yes. 800 yards would be the, the second most receiving yards ever for a, a rookie tight end. So for, it's, I mean, it's it's Yeah, it's very aggressive. This is a Falcons team that's going to be bad on defense. Like, they're going to be in a ton of shootouts. So I think there's going to be multiple – you know, two touchdown games for Kyle Pitts. They're, he's he is their only red zone weapon. Calvin Ridley is only like 180 pounds. He's not going to do much there. I think that's a good call. All right, the next two. You know, I've done mostly overs. I've got two high profile unders. Ooh, First, okay. Foremost, Tom Brady under 4,750 and a half yards. <clears throat> that is a hugely aggressive it line is. for Brady. I think he'll be over 4,000. He was over 4,000 last year. I think this is asking a lot. Um, will he play in every game? Uh, what will the dynamics of each game do? And you talk about them kind of 
sleepwalking is maybe too aggressive a term, but methodically going through the regular season. I think there's going to be a lot of that. The formula for them changed in the playoffs too, Marcus, where they ran the ball, played good defense, run the ball. They've got great receivers. Brady will post numbers. This is just too high for me. I'm going under 47, uh, 4,750 yards. It's a monster number. I agree. The defense is going to be excellent. They return all 11 starters on defense. They added Joe Tryron from, from Washington. Yep. They're just going to hold teams under 24 points every single week. They're going to, they're going to want to run the ball. I agree. I think that's a fantastic call. And the last one is this is probably the toughest one, but the more I thought about it, the more I feel good about it. Alvin Kamara regular season rushing and receiving yards under 1500 and a half yards. This is not Mm. a knock at Kamara. But when we saw last year, when Taysom Hill was in, he was not the same guy. Right. They ran. Hill runs more. As a fantasy owner, I wanted to throw a chair through my television when the offense changed. And if Hill is going to be the guy, which you you kind of think he will be, and I'm kind of leaning that way too, even though I think Jamison would do it, I think that really hurts. This is like a fantasy football over under, right? It doesn't mean his impact is not as significant. 1500 yep. yards is a, a ton. So not only does he have to stay healthy, but he has to work within the confines of the offense. You have Michael Thomas out. If I am a defense, I'm going to just put every, this is like a laser beam on this dude saying we're going to lose if this guy beats us. I think the, that offense, we saw glimpses of last year of Kamara, maybe struggling. And by struggling, I mean, by Kamara standards, I mm-hmm. worry a little bit about that. So that's why I went under here. Yeah, so we saw last year when Taysom Hill did start for the Saints. This was the slowest team in the NFL in terms of plays and pace. Yes. I, I think they, I think Sean Payton knows that they can't win shootouts anymore. They're going to have to win 20 to 17 games and rely on their defense. I also don't think they want to give Alvin Kamara 300 touches a season. Agreed. We've seen him been banged up before. I think they like Latavius Murray. I, I think that's another one. It'll be close, and it'll Agreed. depend a little bit on how much he plays, but I do like that call. I could see it now is that he's going to have some games where he totals probably 200 yards of offense yep. because that's, that's what he happen. does, yep. you know, and, and you're right about the touches. It's if you've, if you've had him in fantasy and you've had probably every player in fantasy and, <laughs> and do this year, um, yep. it's a, it's a unique watch because he's got to, you feel like he's got to make the most of his touches and he does yeah. like, every it time. is an incredible yep. thing to see. And it's so very different, not a knock on the talent. I am floored by what he can do. But I do think this team's going through some changes and his production um, may be impacted as a result. All right. So let's, let's go back now and talk some general odds. Uh, win the division team totals, Tampa minus 200 over under of 12. That's a, that's a big number. A big number. Saints yep. plus 300 with a win total of nine Falcons plus 800 win total of seven and a half and the Panthers plus 1100 with a win total of seven and a half. So uh, an odds to make the playoffs. We'll get those out of the way too. Tampa minus 625. Saints plus 110. Tampa minus 625, man. That 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 is in football <laughs> with, a, with a 44-year-old quarterback. That's a little goofy. I got to be honest. Yeah. Falcons plus 200, um, which is kind of interesting to me. And Panthers plus 260. So of that, what, what stands out to you? I want to talk about the Saints because this is a team that I've been monitoring all offseason. And just even a couple of weeks ago, their odds to make the playoffs were at plus 144 to 150, depending on the sports book. 
even after the Michael Thomas injury, you're seeing a lot of people put some money on the Saints. At, now they're down to what, plus 110 is what yep. they said. There's a reason why. So the Saints have won at least 11 games in four consecutive seasons. And it's not because Drew Brees played in every one of those games. Like we saw the one year Teddy Bridgewater went 5-0 and as a starter. We saw last year they played well with Taysom Hill as the starter. I just think Sean Payton is a really good coach. They have a big home field advantage now that they have fans back, right? Like when the Superdome is rocking, uh, it's hard for anybody to win there. I kind of like the Saints to to make the playoffs. I don't think they win the division. I still think it's Tampa Bay, but they're the only other team in this division that I think could potentially do it. And let's not forget, New Orleans won this division last year. Like they were the reason that Tampa Bay was the number five seed. So don't give up on that Saints team yet just because Drew Brees is gone and Michael Thomas might miss a month or so. Okay, I want to get silly for a second. I just placed a college a bet that reminds me of this bet that I'm going to talk about. I bet Texas to win the big 12 at plus 800. Oklahoma is a better team. Likelihood of that happening. I I know what I'm getting into, but I think there's Mm -hmm. a shot. It's the value, right? I've got some similar Falcons vibes here. Oh man. I got some similar Falcons vibes. (laughs) I think plus 800. you, You know, I just think the Tampa value here, I'm going to stay away from. And I, if I, I have to That's tip my cap, yes. then I'm going to tip my cap. And I've got some legitimate concerns about the Saints. So I just think there's potential openings. I, I, I'd probably go seven and a, over seven and a half Atlanta first before I go plus 800. But that plus 800 is, to me, decent value for a team that like pissed away results like on, on the regular <laughs> last year. That just And they may do that again. Like It was like a team, a baseball team that you love whose bullpen stinks, right? And the closer blows like five saves in like two weeks. That's like what Atlanta did, except somehow worse than that. So I'm, your your expressions, you think I'm crazy, but how crazy am I? And, and it's not, a again, this is a small sprinkle for me to say, okay, if things break the way that maybe they could, Kyle Pitts is amazing, Matt Ryan is not done. Defense has to be considerably better. That's a big part of it, that this could happen you're hoping that Arthur Smith is like the real deal. And he's able to bring yes. over some of that success that we saw last year with Tennessee, but it's just that defense is so bad. And like, I, I don't know who's going to be rushing the passer for this team. I don't know who's going to be covering anybody. And do I really trust a 36 year old Matt Ryan to stay healthy and stay upright? I, I don't. And that's why I'm, I'm fading the Falcons. Is, is minus six twenty five for Tampa. Like, that's probably the dumbest bet you can make. That's a and, no-go. Oh, yeah. There's there's no reason. There's no value there. And I and it's probably going to cash, right? Like, we love this. Oh, yeah. We like this team. But the potential volatility for this is, like, really high. Like, yeah, that, you got to be you got to be somebody who is an idiot that bets on, like, U.S. Olympic basketball teams when they're, like, minus 25 and a half to do this. Oh, wait, that's me. So, yeah, I'll probably do that. <laughs> um, what else? What else stands out? Are you a little surprised, by the way, the playoff odds plus 200 for the Falcons plus 260 for the Panthers. Like that's like, I would There's want, not, I don't, I, I, don't I would want better value, value on that. Yeah. I would agree, no, no. Right? Like it, it feels like Atlanta should be like what plus 350. I, I mean, I know that seems like a lot, but for a division where it's pretty clear cut, who's going to win, you know, at the top. And then the saints are, I think the more talented team, it just doesn't feel quite right. All right. So you're going saints over nine as well. 
Yeah, because you get a push at nine and eight, and they play the NFC East this year. So they I agree. Should, I I would think that they get at least three wins there. The end of the season schedule is pretty soft. Uh, they play your Jets, so I think I think ten wins feels about right. I think nine it will at least get you the push. Are you doing anything with Tampa in that twelve? That's it. I, no, I can't. No, I'm not betting the over. No. I'd be tempted to bet the under, but yeah. I, I again, I feel like eleven to twelve is the right number, so I'm probably staying away. But I wouldn't be surprised if it cashes either. All right. So you are in more so on the Saints. I am uh, recklessly dabbling on the Falcons. Um, uh, they don't build those big casinos because the Falcons cash all the time. So. I, I will say I feel better about Texas Longhorns than I do Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I, I would agree with you that. Uh, yeah. Although the reputations of both over the last 10 years, not, not particularly mm, great. No. Okay, no. so let's, let's get into the future, which of course is always a dive into what's going on in sports. And we've got a preseason game, real life preseason game, reggae horn, whatever you got, we've got it. So- mm. You have been looking at we, we have you have been talking about this for like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we've been thinking about this for six months. What say you when it comes to the first preseason game of the year? Yeah, so Cowboys Steelers in the Hall of Fame game. It should be a lot of fun. The last time I checked, the Steelers I believe were one and a half to two point favorites, and that does make some sense considering in these preseason games, what you're really doing is betting on the backup quarterback play. Uh, the Steelers will be using Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. The Cowboys will be using Garrett G- Gilbert and Cooper Rush. Cowboys, Cowboys Bucks, by the way. Cowboys Bucks. No, it's Cowboys, it's Cowboys Steelers for Hall of Fame game. It's Hall of Fame. Sorry, I'm moving. I'm 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 getting my regular season yeah, preseason yeah. confused. No, no, right. Cowboys Steelers Hall of Fame. Game. I, I, so I didn't mean to interrupt your Garrett Gilbert no, breakdown. No, no, that's it. what it is. You're betting on quarterbacks, and the Cowboys backup quarterbacks are awful. The Steelers are at least competent. That's why I think I'm I'm betting with Pittsburgh. Preseason games. That's so, legit analysis right there. Well, for how do you uh, this is okay? <laughs> I, I agree with your analysis for a betters out there, because there's always been this like reputation that like if you bet on preseason games, you are degenerate. You're gener- yeah. Okay. You are. I mean, it's true. true, there's, true. there's no doubt about it. But how what tips would you advise for young betters who are just looking for action to bet preseason games? First and foremost, you don't want to put a lot on these games, like one unit at the absolute most, because these games are so random. They're low scoring. Uh, I, I actually think the best piece of advice is just bet the under in these games because they're so low scoring. They're so sloppy. Uh, betting point totals in the preseason is at least the best way to enjoy this. Um, I think especially games one and two, I agree. So the dynamics of the pre, what, which changed a little bit, by the way, because we lopped off a game. So maybe one has got some more opportunities than it used to. But by the time the fourth quarter rolls around, like you've got, it's, it's getting to the doldrums of rosters. Yeah. There's not a lot yeah. of people playing that are going to make the team. That's a really harsh way to look at it. That's mm-hmm. the reality of it. So I agree on unders. I think looking at quarterbacks, looking at situational roster decisions. If a team is deep at wide receiver, like really deep, and you understand mm-hmm. maybe a team that maybe has eight or nine good wideouts that are trying to make the team, just because the, I think a lot of that is situational, depending on team need and everything else, offensive line, defensive line, where team strengths are. And we, the hard part about this, Mark, is we say strengths. It's like diving deep into the roster. Yeah. If you followed college, if you follow the draft, I think preseason has, you've got some advantages over other people. 
Yeah, and I would also say you can get a lot of value in these games. For example, Adam, the over-under for this Hall of Fame game just a couple weeks ago was 55. There's no way that 55 points are being scored in this Hall of Fame game. I, I've seen it adjust all the way down to like 35 at this point. So that's a 20-point swing difference just depending on the sports book and depending on when you got it. So there is value to be had, and that's where I'm, I always like to bet the under in these. I can't believe I botched the first game of the year and, and, and I like short circuited. It's like, a, that's all right. It's we're, we're in preseason mode. We're, we're still I, getting back at it. Yeah. I'm going to get cut though. I mean, that's the thing. No, I, 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 I am really excited for this. That moment of football on your TV, like high quality televised football is truly. Oh, once right? we get the NBC theme song, like the chills and the, the hair in the back of my neck is going to be standing up. And that's when we'll know we're back. Also, shout out to the networks, broadcasters, the spotters who are giving the network, um, the broadcasters names. This is not an easy thing to do. No. You've no. heard people talk about this, Al Michaels, others. There are people that they have never heard of. And <laughs> a lot of them that are making they, tackles. They'll never heard of are, again. That yeah. They'll ne- yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so it's a really challenging thing. Um, okay. So we've covered the preseason. We've got a lot more to come. Let's talk a little bit about UFC. Mm-hmm. We got a pay-per-view. A bummer. Yes. What's, what's, what's the status? UFC Marcus Moser status. I will probably watch it from a distance because Amanda Nunes is out with COVID. Like that's, that was the draw for me. I love watching Amanda Nunes. She's, she's incredible. And I still feel a little weird about having a heavyweight interim belt. Like why isn't, or why aren't we just waiting for Francis Ngannou to fight? Like, it, it just feels gross. But I'll be paying attention, like, with one eye, you know? <laughs> okay, so are you going to bet it? Because the odds are a little bit I'm, – I'm trying to get the most recent odds here. Uh, gone, minus 380 now. Wow. Derek mm. Lewis, plus 290. So, uh, gone is way more technical. Uh, obviously, Derek Lewis can end a fight probably quicker plus than – Plus 290. Those are intriguing odds, though, right? Because one yeah. punch, right? That's it. Yes, I'm, I think stamina will be very interesting in this fight. Uh, getting Derek Lewis on the ground will be very interesting. I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I love heavyweight, like marquee events. I agree with you. The situation for this one is not, not great. It's not the best. No, it's and it's it's not a great UFC cards. Unfortunately, the last few weeks have been falling apart. So yeah. we've got some great cards coming up in the fall. Oh my God! By the way, it's college football Saturday parlayed with a, a full-on UFC oh, slate. Oh, yeah. Yep. Man. Also, he, yes. I, got, I got one more thing. We got CFL football next week, buddy. Like, if you really are yes. missing football, like actual regular season CFL games, I, it's on. I, you can guarantee that it'll be on my TV. That's another one where my Twitter feed goes nuts, and it's like college, productive college players that land there. It's like, oh, I, got, I know him. Oh, I remember that guy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. it's a, and it's a fun style too. I'm yes, dude. I don't need any any excuses to to. I, I will watch. We will watch. We will be betting on some CFL futures. Yeah, <laughs> that is Rough amazing. Riders plus five hundred to win the Great Cup. Just throw oh, that out. All right, excellent. There it is. <laughs> uh, all right, anything else before we wrap things up? The NFL is back. Uh, free agency NBA has been electric. Some movement on yes, that front. Yes, sports are coming, man. And we got live sports coming. So anything else before we wrap up? Yeah, I just want to say, make sure you go check out the game today. We've got articles up there. I just did a new power rankings for NBA, talking about the best uh, analytical players uh, that the, you know, the analytics community loves, uh, football betting stuff, uh, all at the game day. So make sure you're checking that all out.
Likewise for me, we've got, obviously, if you're not subscribed, check out the pod everywhere, share, spam your family, everybody else, get ready for the year, player props, and we'll be diving into some seasonal videos as well. The content will be flowing at the game day. And one last reminder, special welcome offer from BetMGM. Now, new customers in legalized betting states receive a free bet up to $600 with code the game day. Again, that's the code the game day, all one word at BetMGM for our listeners in legalized betting states. Marcus Moser and Adam Kramer, we'll talk to you guys next week.